Hey, Eastern Oregon, welcome to the October 12th version of AM Live on EOA, your connection to Eastern Oregon. We're glad that you're here with us on the EOA network. Morning. Morning, man. How are you? First Friday. We're, First, we're almost there. Yeah, I know. It's going to be a busy weekend for me. Yeah. Busy, well, busy. And we have a game tonight, which we're going is to odd. Yeah. 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 Thursday night lights tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's talk. Hey, one thing I want to talk about, and I don't usually pay too much attention to the national news, you know that, or the worldwide news. Yeah. But the the whole Israel Palestine thing. Uh huh. Um, there, I I do pay attention to to culture and to hip hop and to like you know like the younger generation stuff, just because I'm I'm into that kind of music and the um the crazy thing is is I read a a, a little thing on the internet yesterday where it said the most Famous Jew in the world, who's Drake? Drake is a rapper, and oh really? I didn't know. He's, that. I mean, he's got yeah. two hundred million followers on Instagram or something like that. Yeah, and the most famous Palestinian in the world, who's DJ Khaled, okay. who's just like has millions and millions and hundreds of millions of followers, haven't said a word about it. Huh? And they said it's because. Their status, they don't. Their status and and on social media is too important. So which is crazy. They just, like, yeah, they, they would lose followers. Involved. I mean, because yeah. I'm sure Drake has followers that are Palestinians. Yeah, and DJ Khaled has followers that are that are Jews, and they they just neither of them have said. I mean, you see all these famous people on all these sports teams. You know, our hearts with you know everybody yeah. over there, but neither of them have said one word. What do you think about that? I, I, I mean, it kind of makes sense marketing-wise, but I, I, I guess, <laughs> I, do you have a responsibility? Well, and I, and I think, yeah, I mean, I, anybody who I think who's in a public place like that, they're kind of in a, a position of whatever their moral stance is versus whatever might affect their dollar, their bottom, their dollar, their bottom line. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, but but it, you know, what happened, what's been happening is just atrocious. Yeah, it, it, I, it I mean, atrocious. there's no doubt that it is, yeah. but do, the, is it their responsibility to talk about it? Yeah, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, me neither. That's yeah. I was thinking about it like in terms to, of myself. Mm -hmm. Like one of the things I don't do is I you know, on here is I don't talk about yeah. religion. I don't talk about politics. There was, I mean, I thought there there was one interesting so there's one of the senators or congressmen in in congress is palestinian or she's very supportive of palestinian things and uh there was this and she clearly was being baited but there was a reporter that walked down the hall with her and said you know do you have any comment about hamas cutting off the heads of babies and i mean she probably asked her that question 10 times and she didn't respond in any manner, which I think was a little odd. You know, clearly she was being baited, and she didn't want to, you know, jump into the middle of that conversation. Is that is that what we should say? Is Hamas instead of Palestinians? Because Palestinians aren't correct. There's not not, not every Palestinian. No, no, terrible. it's right, and that probably yeah, Hamas, Hamas is the correct. Yeah, so because, it's like the difference between like Afghanistan and ISIS. If you called them Afghanistanis, or if you called it well, ISIS, I mean, Palestine is. Is an ethnic group. Oh, it's not an actual. Well, I mean, I mean, there's, I mean, and I'm just kind of shooting from my hip, so I, I'm probably. 
but the Palestinian people are like the Jews. I mean, they, 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 they have an ethnic group that they classify themselves as. Is it a religion? I don't, well, I don't know. I mean, well, I mean, I think that it's, there are, I mean, I just, the way, the same way that Israelis are probably a full gamut. You have Catholics and atheists and Christians and whomever. I mean, I'm sure you have that same thing in the Palestinian area. <laughs> but, but Israel declared war against Hamas. So that, I mean, that was, which is a little bit different because if I understand it right, Hamas is the group that it's really a political group that is in charge of Gaza Strip right now. It's mm -hmm. a, in charge of, yeah. So, so a few years ago, the same way that Democrats or Republicans have control of the House or whatever the case might be, Hamas, who has been classified as a terror group by the United States, they were elected to be in charge of. Like voted in. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. So then that's part of, I think that's, so part of the, somebody listening can kind of clarify this, part of the you know, part of the bind is it's just like if we, I mean, look at the Nazi party. It's exactly the same thing. The way the Nazis became in power in Germany was they were a political party and they became in power. And then over a period of time, it turned into a dictatorship and so on and so forth. So, <clears throat> so yeah, that's part of what's going on is you have Palestinian people. They're just voters and they may or may not have voted this particular party in, but now they have caused, I mean, now they are suffering. So are there innocent Palestinians that are yeah. dying because of For sure. the actions of Hamas? Absolutely. Yeah. There yeah. has to be, right? So, it, yeah. So it it's, is like ISIS, kind of. Yeah. It, ISIS didn't have the power that yeah. the, the Hamas had because they weren't in charge. I, I think I think what, and what also is kind of interesting is not interesting, but some of the tactics that we're seeing, the kidnapping beheading some of the just the absolute terrible things that are going on when they swept in it's very isis like i mean it is they're they're taking some of the tactics of the brutality that isis used and yeah it's it's a mess now we we need to be grateful that we live here yeah you know what i mean uh, well and again what is weird is i mean those cities are modern cities. Course, I mean, yeah. tourism, tourism is a huge part of the income of that area. And so you have totally modern cities that all of a sudden are in the middle of a war. Yeah. I've seen things all over the news about like people, even in Oregon, like getting their, their church missionaries out. You know what I mean? Right. Like there it's, it's been, yeah, it's, but I, back to the original topic, I, I really don't feel like it's the uh, a famous person's if they don't want to, they shouldn't have to say it. You know what I mean? There shouldn't yeah. be pressure to make a comment. Like, it's just I, because they're famous. I guess I kind of I guess I kind of feel like I don't I don't want their comments on political. I don't want their comments on necessarily. I mean, just just do what you're good at. Just well, a lot of them are really good at influencing, right? And so sometimes their comments on things are very influential and right. have a lot right. of power. But I, but I, I be, but I guess what I'm saying is, is like, yeah, I'm fine with them. I guess I, I, I would be okay with them not commenting on this 
but I would prefer they just not not uh, not comment on that, whatever that is. You know what I mean? So I mean, well, if that's you're, not going to happen. I mean, you see, uh, there's hundreds of famous people that have already commented on it. LeBron no, James. Well, I'm not saying I, I agree, but but we're in this place of where we we think that celebrities that their opinion about politics is superior to everybody else's, and it's not. Yeah, they, I mean, they could be totally uninformed, and they're just pulling stuff out. Right. The, the only thing that's different about these two is they're actual part of these cultures. Yeah. You know what I mean? Drake is Jewish and yeah. DJ Khaled is Palestinian. Yeah. I mean, that would be the only difference. I think, I think the, I think the, the main thing is, is like, I mean, uh, Alex McCadden works for us. You know, he is, he's, he, his roots are in Palestine and he had a really nice post the other day of, uh, kind of talking about him coming from his position and appreciating his heritage, but at the same time understanding what a terrible atrocities are going on, you know. And I mean, it was it was very powerful. And I think that that's the thing is you can't you can't sweep somebody in. I mean, there are innocent people that are being there are innocent people, Palestinians that are being killed by the warfare. Yeah, of course. Because of the actions of Hamas. That sucks. Interesting. All right. Let's do some sports. <laughs> Go from that to sports. Yeah, let's do it. Doom. All right. Let me get to it here. Since I didn't talk about it on Tuesday, I'll talk about it today. Our very own Andrew Peasley was the Mount West Player of the Week. He led Wyoming to a 24-19 win on Saturday over 24th ranked Fresno State. He was 19 to 27 for 187 yards, three touchdowns. He ran the ball uh, for 25 yards as well. Wyoming's five and one right now. They're right on the verge of uh, making the top 25, which is crazy. I mean, they're uh, it's it's awesome for Andrew. That's their second win this year over a top 25 team, which is awesome. We get to go watch them on the 28th at Boise State. That's going to be they're they're both. You know, doing pretty well in the mountain. What it's going to be a battle. Yeah, that's going to be a Especially game. Especially BSU at home. That's going to be a game. Yeah. Um, I was right. The polls came out. EOU volleyball is number three in the country. Um, I, exactly what happened. What I said ha- would happen happened. EOU moved up one. The team that lost that was above them moved down one, and Corbin moved down one. So you have in the CCC, you have EOU at three, Corbin at six. And Southern Oregon at 16, three teams ranked in the top 25 in the country. It's uh, pretty awesome. They play on Friday for homecoming, right up here at Quinn Coliseum, Friday at 7 against Evergreen, and then they have the redemption match, the only team that's beat them all year, Northwest, Northwest which yeah. is crazy. Like, this Northwest team is not even ranked. They're not They're not even in the top four. I think they're sitting at fourth in the conference. And it's EOU's only loss. And EOU's played top 10 teams. Like, I mean, regularly. They beat Corbin. They they went to Hawaii and swept that. that so it's just crazy that, that the one loss of the year is Northwest. And and they're looking to, you know, I'm, 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 I'm going to predict a sweep in that game. I really am. EOU's playing really good right now. Uh, it's homecoming weekend. I sat down with uh, Coach Camp yesterday for my regular uh, Tuesday interview. Here's a little uh, peek into that in case you missed it. 
the locker room Saturday before the game. Yeah. What 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 what's the one thing that these guys really need to focus on to get? I, I think just be themselves. Go out and play our style of football, right? It, it's not going to take anybody doing anything uh, uh, out of out of character, right? It's staying within our system, being able to make your play when the play is there. Okay, it, again, it's my old saying: Hey, you get the ball to the playmakers in place and let them make plays, right? Hey, defensively, hey, make sure that make sure again that you that that again you're doing your job not somebody else's job because that's going to create carol is carol is a very good team about waiting on somebody to make a mistake right and then they capitalize right so again those are the things just do just do you right and do it to the best of your ability and give great effort i mean that's that's what we've been preaching here effort and making sure that you're doing your job that's all that i really really ever need the full videos up on EO Live right now. Homecoming is this weekend. You got all kinds of events. The parade tomorrow downtown, or not tomorrow. Wait, yeah, tomorrow. We're already on Thursday. Man, I'm going to put up a little homecoming schedule for EOU while I tell you about the 2023 Hall of Fame inductees. There's the schedule so you can look at it. Um, on Friday at Hoke at 5 o'clock, the 2023 uh, Hall of Fame class for EOU is going to be honored with an induction ceremony. Dirk Bortz in track and field. He was at EOU from 2002 to 2005. Brooke Sellard's Acosta women's basketball, 2000 to 2002. Kristen Tiger-Rice was women's soccer from 2002 to 2007. John Spatz was track and field from 98 to 2002. And Alpine skiing from 91 to 2001 as a coach. George and Val Royce are the Meritorious Athletic Service Award winners, and Harold Northcutt is the Mountaineer Athletics Legacy Award winner. Um, big weekend for EOU. They're playing Carroll in football. Carroll's number six in the country. It should be a, a, a grudge fest. You know what I mean? Hopefully, EOU's 2-0 two, two in the last two weeks, and they're not giving up a lot of points. I Everybody on, on the internet here is saying, you know, they're going to get smoked, but I, I mean, I wouldn't... EOU plays a little bit different on homecoming. One of their sayings is Mounties don't lose homecoming. And, yeah. And so we'll, hopefully EOU comes through. This uh, morning sports report is brought to you by Buffalo Peak Golf Course. Go out through Union. There's a big blue sign on the end of town. Take a left. Go up the mountain there. And it's a beautiful 18-hole link course. Dana and his team have done a great job. It's moving into winter right now. So they're probably at close to winter rates right now. So go check them out. The pro shop is absolutely beautiful. Dana's changed that around since he's been there, and it's just they have so much more stuff. Buffalo Peak Golf Course, meet me at the peak. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and excited about that game. I've never been to a college game like that. You and I are going together. Oh, yeah, and speaking of games, tonight, Pendleton and Ontario from Pendleton. I'm going to make the trip over with D.C. and Tanya and uh, – be on the mic tonight uh, for a special edition, Thursday Night Lights. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then our Tigers play on the road against Crook County in a must-win against Crook County in the GOL. They have to win this game tomorrow. Yeah. Pendleton's in the driver's seat. You know, they they should coast through Ontario tonight, and LeGram has to beat Crook County because of a loss to Baker, and they still have to play Pendleton, which is a week from tomorrow right here. Yeah, and I uh, Pendleton played Crook County last week, and 
and won, but they were, I mean, they were a good opponent. They're never a pushover. Yeah. Crook County. Yeah. They, they aren't, it's not, we're not going to go in there and coast. Yeah. It's not going to be Madras. And it's going to be away. Yeah. We're in their, they're in their territory. Yep. Yeah. On probably the second string quarterback still, I think Carter Peasley's, I mean, he, he did play a little bit on Friday night on defense, but he's not healthy. I don't yeah. think I haven't heard anything, but I mean, just from the looks of Friday night, I doubt he's going to take the majority of snaps this week. So we're on a backup quarterback and we're, we're going to have to show up. Yeah, that's for sure. So, is it, <clears throat> so I've been watching Wyoming. I'm, grew up in Casper and, and, and so I've been trying to track them this year and uh, watch the games or at least get glimpses of them. And, and it's been pretty fun watching Andrew. I mean, he just is, he's kind of, I mean, he's just doing his thing. Yeah. Yeah. When he's healthy, he's really good. Yeah. And it's so, I mean, the announcers, the team that they're playing against are always the announcer of the games are always biased in favor of the other teams, you know, and then when Wyoming pulls it out, it's just a, yeah, it's, it's just, fun. it is, it's fun to listen to them kind of try and backtrack. And that Boise state game that we're going to, that's going to be rocking BC. Yeah. Have you ever been to a, No, no. Oh, you, you, and you've never been as a member of the media either. No. Uh-uh. Oh man. They spoil you too. Yeah. So oh, that'll be, that'll be totally fun. It's going to be blast. Yeah. So uh, looking, looking forward to that. And, yeah, we'll, we'll probably get to see Johnny, I'm sure. Yeah. And depends on what we want to do. Like if we want to be on the field as opposed to in the press box. I told him that we 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 want to pass us for both. So yeah. I mean, I, I I probably want to be on the field. Yeah. Johnny will be hanging out in the press box. He's a little press box right. <laughs> <laughs> Most likely. I mean, that's where I see all his pictures from all the time. Yeah. So. No, but they always feed you too. They got they 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 take good care of the media in in D one especially. Well, I think just think it'd be fun to. I mean, we'll they'll take photos. I'll take some video, and we'll have something that we can show people locally here. Yeah, and I know some of the Boise State guys yeah. too, so it'll be it'll be it's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be really fun. Good deal. Hopefully, we can catch Andrew after the game. I hope so too. Yeah. I don't. They're pretty strict about getting, especially on a him. road game. Right. Yeah, well, it's a road game for them. So it'll probably be, you know, like we might even have to sign up for it, like to, yeah. If there's a press conference after, or I, I don't know exactly how they're going to work it, but we'll we'll figure it out. Yeah, cool. All righty, I don't have the weather cam connected today, but here's our weather. This up to sixty today, and then kind of, you know, maybe it looks like it's going to warm up a little bit over the weekend. Not as much chance of a rain. Well, I guess a little Thanks bit of a chance today, right? 11%, but I think it's going to be nicer out there. So. The good thing about Pendleton is we're covered, too. Yep. Yeah, particularly for uh, Tanya, yeah. the camera operator. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's, it, it can be very miserable out in the rain or cold. or Well, water. even at EOU. Yeah. People think that we're spoiled up there in that nice press box, but what they don't know is we shoot out that window. Yeah. And those windows are wide open. So when it's really cold and rainy and, and blowing, yeah. You you get wet sitting there or you get cold. I can tell you when if, when we first started doing this, we would haul all of the equipment up to the crow's nest. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Every everything was up. Yeah. The no camera way. and the switcher and no. yeah, we would it was 
and it is so and it would be cold and rainy and miserable so okay so we are a little spoiled now yeah yeah this is a way better <laughs> this is a way better arrangement and way better than the first year of uh shrine against baker yeah or in baker that was ooh, that was rough yeah all righty well Jerry Mackley from the Haunted Warehouse in Embler is going to be with us right after this. We'll be right back. We're back with Jerry Mackley. I have creator of the haunted warehouse. Is creator a good word? Yeah, that's yeah. a good word. <laughs> that's a good word. Yeah, because you have been you've been doing haunted houses for I don't know. Do they just call them haunts in the business. What do they call them? Haunted attraction. Haunted maybe. attractions. Yeah. And you've been doing that for a long time. For a long time. Yeah, a good fifteen years. We've had uh, about a three year. Um, break because COVID closes down at the Meridale Center. Right. And I've been looking for a new location and finally found this spooky old warehouse. So <laughs> we're back in business. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's awesome. How did I tell you what, let's, let's talk about your new venue and then we'll, then we'll kind of go back a little bit and ask you kind of how you got into this, but, but show us, show us some pictures you have some pictures of of what what that is and so yeah uh, uh benny yeah. switch to that yeah benny so the that. yeah so this the, is the poster give us the details yeah it's, this is this is just our poster um so we, we are open every friday and saturday during the month of october plus halloween night um from 7 to 10 p.m okay and the tickets are 15 dollars for all ages um we do need to have anyone 12 and under accompanied by an adult. And that's, uh, fire, you know, per the fire marshal um, rules that they have us abide by. But we're out in Imbler and it's in the um, old warehouse. The address is 410 Railroad Avenue. So if you head out to Imbler from Legrand and you take a right at the Imbler Market, it's straight in front of you <laughs> across the tracks. We're right there. And we have some parking out in back of the warehouse, um, but that does fill up. So sometimes you might have to just park on the streets of Embler and walk over there. But um, okay. We do so take some. us through some of those photos real quick. Okay. So <laughs> there's one of our scary folks. <laughs> so 
according to this sign, do not enter unless you're ready to be scared. So <laughs> bring someone to hang on to. <laughs> um, this is our entrance into the warehouse. Boy, that does look and spooky. It is spooky. Yep. You can go on in there and <laughs> there's scares waiting inside. Um, uh, well, here, let me back up a minute if it's okay. Yeah. And kind of tell you our storyline. My haunted houses, I, they're not just random. I always have a storyline that goes with it that we try to follow as you go through. And so our storyline for this is this warehouse is a secret, government, a secret warehouse, government warehouse. And it's a repository for haunted objects. Oh, okay. So objects that have spirits attached to them or some type of paranormal activity surrounding them. Okay. And so there's two agents that work in this warehouse full time and they have both mysteriously disappeared somewhere in the warehouse. Okay. And so headquarters was called in. And so you'll encounter people from headquarters who are recruiting you to help find these two missing agents in the warehouse. Okay. So in this warehouse, there's all different kinds of things and different sections in the warehouse that you'll go through. So this, picture, for example, is the Egyptian section. Okay. So it's artifacts from, you know, Egyptian type artifacts that are haunted. Okay. And so, so there's all kinds of different things that you encounter in the warehouse. Um, this is one of our creepy ladies oh, in the warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is the outside. We had a phenomenal turnout last weekend was our opening weekend and kind of blew us out of the water. We had a lot more people come than we expected, which was very exciting. Uh -huh. So I think the word is getting out. Um, and I think people have missed it Yeah, because, you know, we haven't had this for three years uh -huh. um, after COVID. So um, it's, it's pretty exciting, but that's our spooky entrance to the warehouse. This is one of the scenes in the warehouse. We do have haunted tombstones, of course. Those are very haunted. <laughs> and there's a crypt in there that's, oh, that's a creepy crypt. Um, this is just part of the warehouse decor that was actually there. Right. That I did not have to create, um, but I just love it. Yeah, <laughs> all of those breaker boxes. All of those breaker boxes are there. Just looking creepy. So, <laughs> yep. Um, and then this picture is um, as you go through the warehouse, and part of the story is you're trying to get to the dark vault where the really scary stuff is in the dark vault of the warehouse. And um, you're going to encounter one of the agents in the dark vault. I don't want to give the whole right, thing right. away. But uh, this is the entrance into the dark vault, and it's also the um, zombie containment oh. area. So that's why it's in a vault, because you got to lock those guys up. <laughs> They're hungry. So, yeah, you're making your way to the dark vault. Yeah. And, uh, and this is just the outside of the the what we call the back of the warehouse. Yeah, that's but creepy looking now. It's you once you drive around um, to the back, the back becomes the front because um, you're going to go in. Um, there's two buildings and you go into one, the Quonset hut type building. And then this is actually where you come out. Oh, really? But oh, it's cool. 
creepy as well. So yeah, the atmosphere out there is just perfect for this. And I guess that's it. All right. Pictures anyway. Well, that's awesome. So how did you, I mean, that is so cool. And I, and uh, you took me, it's been several years ago when you were doing this in the Meridale Center. And I was, you kind of took me through with all the lights on. It was after you had done a haunted house. And, and I was amazed at, I mean, you take a totally blank space and you build walls and you build rooms. And is that kind of what you've done here? Oh, yeah. 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 So, yeah. So it becomes a maze. You're making your way through the maze, but they're different rooms and they're all set up differently. And it's, it's a lot of plywood. And yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and then you, and then you, you're creating those rooms. You, you, uh, I mean, you paint them and design them and plan the light setting for each of those rooms and yep, and the sound and the sound yeah because sean halliday you know he came and got some speakers from us for the yep. thing and stuff and and uh so yeah and then and then you know in some of those rooms you have surprises i mean in like all the rooms like in all the rooms <laughs> like yeah there's typical haunted house stuff yeah yeah very surprising um one thing that I do in my haunts um, that might be different from some others is I don't really go in for the the gore, the gore and guts yeah. stuff like some do because um, I don't find that appealing and I don't find it scary. It's just gross yeah. to me. Yeah. And so, so I don't go in for that. I go in more for the thematic, you know, scary stuff. So we have a lot of good old fashioned, you know, jump out and get you scares um, just some, just a lot of fun stuff. Yeah. I just want people to have fun. Yeah. You know, I don't want to gross them out with stuff like that. Another thing I don't do is, um, chainsaws, which are scary and a lot of haunts do them, but, um, you know, I don't know to me, they're kind of just loud and smelly and, yeah, <laughs> and, obnoxious. and obnoxious. And, and I, I like to find more creative ways to scare. Yeah. If you're out in a cornfield, you know, then that works. Yeah. In my haunted house. Yeah. We, so, and you, and you have your, the actors, it's, this is a thing, it's, right? Yeah. It's, I, I mean, a so theatrical you, production is right. really what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I don't, I mean, that's, that's crazy involved. Yeah. We have um, about 20 actors. Yeah. Every night that, you know, full costume and makeup. We have makeup artists, we have costume people and, um, we have uh, Ricky Joe Hickey who right. works here some some yeah. of the time doing some stuff for you guys. She's been our acting coach this year and done a fantastic job getting our actors all trained on how to be scary. <laughs> <laughs> they no, scare, some people they are just her. naturally scary <laughs> yeah. though, right? Like you don't have to train them much. Yeah, some people are. Yeah. Do you have a, is there a green room area like where the characters hang out mm -hmm. when they're not? Yeah. I mean, that would be, those would be funny pictures to have, you know? <laughs> so yeah, there's the zombies yeah. hanging out with the. Uh, yeah. And they, they are funny. Yeah. They're in full makeup and they're just sitting there chilling, just waiting <laughs> on their phone or whatever until it's time to go in and scare people. Yeah. Now, do they do they take breaks? I mean, how does your schedule work? Cause you're going from, what'd you say? Seven to 10, seven to 10. And actually last Saturday we were so busy. We didn't finish till 11. So oh, wow. it's a long night for the That's actors. Good. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so part of my crew, I have um, what we call roamers and they go around and they um, take care of the actor's needs. They get to scare anywhere they want in the haunt while they're doing it, but they, you know, bring them water, give them breaks, um, you know, stuff like that. Okay. So, so, all right. And so then, and a few years ago during COVID, you and Sean kind of created the Bethlehem. Yeah, we did that. That thing in the basement in the here, basement which of was, this building. which was, which was a, a Bethlehem haunted house type of a trip. It wasn't a haunted house. <laughs> it wasn't but, a haunted house. But it was, but it was, it was a, but it's still, it was a maze. It was a walkthrough attraction. A yeah. walkthrough attraction. Yeah. Okay. And so, so help me put those two worlds together. I mean, so haunted houses and creating a Bethlehem walkthrough doesn't, they don't necessarily seem to go together well in most people's minds. But I mean, how did you get into, Haunted house. I mean, how did you get into this? Well, <laughs> I always enjoyed Halloween. Yeah. You know, it's just a fun holiday and it has so, so many ways to be creative. Yeah. And um, so I started doing Halloween parties at my house. Okay. And just, it was just for family, you know, just having family over and friends and mm -hmm. stuff. And then one year I thought, well, I think I'll just make a little like, what they used to call the spook alley, you mm -hmm. know, in my basement. And so I built this little thing in my basement and we just had a one night party and took people through. And that was a lot of fun. You know, we scared them. Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. So I just kept doing that and inviting more people and more people. And um, that was actually back when we lived in Portland, I was doing that. And then we moved back to La Grande. And so I kept on doing it. Even while we were building our house, you know, we had just the studs in the house and I set it up in there with that and had people over and and pretty soon it took over my whole house. I mean, at Halloween, I had black plastic up everywhere and it was just like, <laughs> how, how are we supposed to live, you know, with all this going on? And so I thought, you know, I probably could make some money if I just set this up and charge people a little bit to come through. And so the very first year I did it was actually... Um, in Russell Perry's house up on 20th Street, Russell Perry, who used to own um, Carpet One. Okay. And um, he let me use his house. It was just empty. He was building it. It was just studs inside, but it was finished outside. And I don't, he was crazy to let me do that. But I took over his house for like two months and set this thing up and did that. That was back in, gosh, I'm trying, 2004, maybe five, something like that. And we had a lot of fun. That was a great success. But he wanted his house back. So I had to find a new spot <laughs> to do it. And then um, I happened to be out in Union talking to the guys out at the Union Hotel at the time. And they had this third floor of the Union Hotel that they weren't using. And he happened to say, I always thought that'd be a great haunted house up there. And I was like, oh, I can help you out with that. <laughs> so, so they let me, they were gracious enough. They let me take over the whole third floor of the Union Hotel. And so we did it out there for four years. Had a lot of fun out in Union. People in Union were, were fantastic um, to work with. And um, then that hotel went up for sale and they didn't think a haunted house was a great sales marketing thing. So <laughs> I had to move out of there. And so again, looking for a location. And that's when I 
found the Meridale Center, which was the old Elks Lodge uh -huh. building, and bought that in, in 2010. And the first year I did that, um, I had the whole building as my playground, 28,000 square feet. And then we had three haunts in there and a big carnival and everything. And had a lot of fun doing that. Um, but then I was like, well, I've got all this square footage and what can I do the rest of the year? So that's right. how the Meridale Center kind of came to be is I just started putting in, you know, the mini golf and the laser tag and it taking over less and less space for the haunted house, which was my first love. Right. Until we just finally just had it on the top floor there, um, which worked fine. It was great. And, you know, I was there for 10 years. And um, then once COVID closed us down there, um, I, you know, I just really wasn't able to make a comeback there. And so we sold that building. And so, but I had kept the haunted house because that was my first passion. And, and it was all in storage for that three years while we were looking for all these walls, another, all these, things. all the walls, all the everything. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, found this warehouse out in Imbler, which wow. I'm actually just renting. I didn't buy it. Anna Goodman owns it. Yeah. And um, she's putting her home out there. So she's very brave to let me do this next door to where she's going to be living. But um, so far, everything's going good. I'm doing everything I can to protect her space. Yeah. And but this creepy old warehouse is is working really good. Wow. How much <laughs> really how good. many square feet are you using out there approximately? Do you have any idea? Oh, that's probably 7,000 maybe where the actual haunt okay. is. Yeah. And we haven't even filled it all up. I have space to expand next year <laughs> <laughs> and ideas to yeah. expand. So. Wow. So then when you're in out of town, do you go to other haunted houses? Is that some, or is there a haunted house convention? There There's a couple are. of questions there. Yeah. So yeah, there are haunted house conventions. Um, several of them around the country. Um, there's the West Coast Haunters Convention in Portland every year. There's a big one um, in St. Louis every year that I try to go to whenever I can. And there's um, some others around the country. But yeah, they're fantastic conventions where they have workshops to teach you how to scare people, how to build sets, how to, you know, distress costumes, how to just all kinds of things related to haunted houses. Plus they have a trade show where you can buy all the, anything you ever could dream of. Some big expensive animatronics that they have at these things that we can't begin to afford, but right. they're fun to look at yeah. and get ideas. And then usually associated with those, they have tours of other haunted houses because when you run a haunted house in October, you're pretty tied down and you don't get a go to the other ones that are operating in October. So they'll open them up in May or June or whatever so that other haunters can go and see. So are you hoping to just be able to leave the walls and stuff in this warehouse so that you're not having to set up next yeah. year? Okay. Yeah. Cause That's it's kind a of the ton hope, right? of work to start from scratch all right. over again and right. set it all up. Right. And, and there's just all the infrastructure that goes, you know, it's not just the walls, but I had to do, have a lot of electrical work done. I had to have the parking lot prepared. Um, you know, I had to build a new ticket booth. It's just all that infrastructure that goes into it that we won't have to do next year. So we can concentrate right. more on, you know, making up more scares. Yeah. <laughs>
Are there, is there anything that scares you still? I mean, when you're doing things like, oh, that got me or, you know, do you hey, I can be startled. I mean, I don't get scared, right? but, but I mean, you can startle me. Yeah. And when, when I go to another haunted house or even in my own haunted house, if the actors manage to startle me, it's like, yeah, high five to you because you got me. Yeah. And that's hard to do because I kind of get used to all of it. And going through other haunted houses, it's like, okay, I know a scare is going to come from there. I mean, you know how to recognize it because you in the industry. <laughs> so. I, can, I can just imagine the fun. I mean, you know, you being out there all by yourself and knowing you're by yourself and then having something planted so that it it makes a noise in a corner or yeah. Well, the warehouse <laughs> is scary enough. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's some pigeons up there that make noises that sound like humans walking around oh. up there on the roof. And it's like, oh, somebody's here. But I know it's. Have you been to a haunted house? I've been to one haunted house in my life. And that was the year that Rob Zombie on Extreme Makeover did the Oregon School of the Deaf. And we went, I think it was like 2010. Yeah. I was still living over on the west side and it was man. Yeah. It's it's super intimidating. I don't startle really easy. Like I don't yeah. I'm not jumpy. That's just not me. Yeah. But uh um there's some things that are kind of creepy. I mean it's yeah. Yeah. And just I've been to that out. haunt nightmare factory several nightmare times factory. Yeah, and they, they do a great job. And that extreme makeover one was fantastic. It was, it was really uh, fun. I I I I sat and thought like how much money went into that. Yeah. It's just, I mean, that, cause that can't be cheap. That was like the kind of stuff you're talking about, the animatronics yeah. and crazy things, you know, that they do. Yeah. But that's the only one I've ever been to. I don't know that I've ever been to one. I mean, I was well, one you as guys, a kid. Yeah. We're here. Yeah. We're right in your backyard. No. Yeah. Come, and so, and go. people get, but Bring I your don't, cameras. but I don't love being <laughs> startled. That's the thing, you know, I mean, but, but I was really, you know, when you walked me through kind of the behind the scenes thing, it was like, this is a thing. I mean, this is a, this is, yeah, it is like a, it's like a play or it's like a, I mean, what did you call it? It's like a, I mean, it's a, it's a theatrical production. Thank really. you. Yeah. 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 It's a theatrical production that people walk through. Yeah. I mean, and that is, and, and it's, so, and I've been involved in theater a lot, you know, and mm -hmm. so the, the sound, the lighting aspects of it, the sets, you know, all of that stuff, the makeup, all of that stuff is very intriguing and interesting. So what I can't get my head around is a little bit is, is you and Ricky are just such nice, pleasant people. <laughs> and so then, then to have you be involved in terror, you know, I just, I, I'm, I'm still having, I can't get that all together, but yeah. And Sean, Sean, and Sean, right. Yeah. He is like, but Sean is all about the technical side, kind of like, I mean, the yeah. things that appeal to Sean him. Sean revamped my whole sound setup this yeah. year. Yeah. He was here for two weeks and he, he gave almost all of that time to me, which I was so thankful for. Yeah. And he came out and he got our sound, like he ramped it up to a new level. Well, it was funny because he's really a lot great. of, a lot of the speakers and stuff he stores here. And so first he would make trips and he started, he took his speakers and then, and then he like, Hey, can I take this one to my stuff? You know, so mm -hmm. there's, yeah. So there's a lot of, yeah. So it's yeah. like, yeah, it's just, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's our contribution to what goes on. It's, I mean, it's yeah. added a lot. Yeah. yeah. And the same thing, I mean, you know, and so Sean just gives, I mean, he just, he loves community and he loves being able to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, he's been very generous. Yeah. 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 And so then, 
and he's given to us. And so then, yeah. So then when he wants to extend himself on anybody's behalf, it's like, yeah, you know, so, well, very cool. So do the, do the, do the actors and actresses, do they get a stipend or what is their, are they volunteering their time? How They're does, volunteers. Okay. Yeah. So they just, they just love the haunt. Yeah. Part. It's just so much fun to scare people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't make enough money to, Right. You know, you're just covering. Your I expenses. wish I could pay everybody. Yeah. I would love to be able to do that. But, you know, we're here. We're in Union County. Yeah. And are you and are I you able don't... to break even? Yeah. Good. Yeah, I yeah. Can break Especially even. like and this year, because you've got you had a bunch of prep. I had a and lot stuff. of prep yeah. work and I put so much of my time. I probably got 600 hours in out there easily. And, you know, it's nice for me to maybe have a wage or a little yeah, bit of right. something no, no. at the end, you know? So how does so, your family is just adapted to this though? Oh, my husband is very understanding. He's very patient because <laughs> I'm just gone like all the time when this season comes around and he, he's not into it so much. You know, he, when we were out in union, he would come out and do some stuff and he's come and help me. He helped build our new ticket booth and, mm -hmm. You know, uh, when I really need him, he's there. Yeah. But most of the time, he's just patient and understanding. Well, wow. <laughs> I'm just tied up in this. But yeah, and I get that. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. that's a lot of that's a lot of my relationship with Tanya and how this business works. You know, is is that it's it's my passion and yeah, it's not always profitable, but it's you know <laughs> it it keeps us going and and is something that we love to do. So. Yeah, exactly. And keeps you happy. And right. That's a big part of life. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. All right. Well, give us the details one more time of, of, you know, of the whole thing. And I'll put, I'll put the poster up here. The poster back up. Yeah. Yeah. So every Friday and Saturday um, and Halloween night, seven to 10 PM. Um, this Friday is Friday the 13th, which would be a great night to yeah. come and visit the haunted house. Um, and it's $15 per person. There are a lot of $2 off coupons out there. I distributed through all the schools, um, in Union County. And so that, that can help a little bit. And they are giving away some free passes on the radio stations. Good. So, and how long, uh, how long does it take for them, for somebody to get through the haunt? Probably, well, we like to say it depends on how fast you can run. Yeah. <laughs> but we don't want people to run. So. <laughs> Please don't run. Um, it takes probably 15 to 20 minutes to go through, but sometimes the wait in the wait line is, you know, a little bit longer than that. Yeah. <laughs> Quite a bit longer than that. Um, it's less busy on Fridays. So if you come on Friday, you won't have quite as long of a wait. Cool. Well, what's the what's the min like? What's the recommended age? Like you you know, you probably don't want somebody bringing a five year old out there. Um. Well, we don't recommend that. We usually recommend age eight and up. But what we do have, because there actually was a lot of younger kids that came last weekend, um, that looked like they were maybe you know six, seven. I don't know. Is um, we have glow sticks that we give to the younger kids if they don't really want to be so scared or if they're having like a hard time worrying about it. Right. And we give them a glow stick. And then my actors know that when they see a, a someone with a glow stick, even it can be an adult who right, right. doesn't really want to 
be scared right. that much. That's a great. Um, then they, you know, tone it down for that person or that group. Yeah. And so that's just kind of a little, you know, the ghost protection stick. Yeah. Ghost protection. <laughs> I want to take Marvel out there. <laughs> is it, is it handicap accessible? Um, not really. Not really. Cause it's such an old building, you know, there's, it, there has a ramp that goes up in, but you have to go downstairs to get out. And there's a few stairs inside and some kind of narrow doorways. So, yeah. Oh, Marvel would be. He, he would, that would be fun. Oh, it'd be so if fun. It's a lightweight chair that you can manage, you know, yeah. like steps with. You probably could. All righty. Well, Jerry, thank you. Yeah. being here with us today and what a what a cool thing come yeah. on out and have some fun it's yeah. an adrenaline rush you know like being <laughs> on a roller coaster awesome <laughs> all right you want to get us out of here Let's get us out of here okay. on this day october 12th 1609 the children's rhyme three blind mice is published in london in a book edited by and written by thomas ravenscroft 1609 was when three blind mice was first wow published. 1792, the first celebration of Columbus Day in the U.S. And then 100 years later, later, 1892, the U.S. Pledge of Allegiance is first recited in public schools during Columbus Day. 1900, the first modern, modern submarine is commissioned by the U.S. Navy as the USS Holland, and it's named for its designer, John Philip Holland. 1901, Theodore Roosevelt renames the executive mansion what bc the white house the white house 1931 christ the redeemer statue opens in rio de janeiro at 30 meters high and it was built by hector de silva costa interesting 1968 on this day the summer olympic games open in mexico city the first time the olympics are ever in latin america huh. and then 1969 nothing really happened on this day after 1969 is the first time five people are in space simultaneously. Which now, now they have, yeah. you know, you can buy a ticket and go on a space ride <laughs> if you want to. It's just the number one movie on this day, 2003, Kill Bill. <laughs> and then the quote of the day, it's right there, Lucille Ball. I'd rather regret the things I've done than regret the things I haven't done. One more time. I'd rather regret the things I've done than regret the things I haven't done. Good stuff. That's it. All right. Thank you, Jerry, again. And be sure and go check out The Haunted House every weekend, Friday and Saturday. Friday and Saturday. 7 to 10. 7 to 10. Yep. Tune in, in tonight. In Embler. Yeah. EO Live. Uh, we'll probably start the cameras around 6.30. Kickoff at 7. Pendleton and Ontario from the rodeo grounds. We'll be there. Thank you, Eastern Oregon. We'll see you soon.